filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So where do we start with this thing? It's bad and they should feel bad is where we start. And where yes. we end. It sure does have some angles and a badly drawn circle. And points. Um, it looks sharp in the sense that it would probably, if it existed in a physical reality, it would cut my face. It's got six points like a Chicago star. They are not arranged in the same no. fashion as the the stars on the Chicago flag, Adam, but Adam. there are six of them. I nothing about this says that's, either that's Chicago like, or fire. That's the that's thing. saying like we we are the same as the three Stooges because there are three of us. I was. I I don't think that's what I was saying. I'm saying it is. Like they, I, I was basically doing the podcast version of Bart throwing the at least you tried cake in the trash. That's what I was going for with that comment. Um, <laughs> because there are many things that you can draw with six points and that are not the Chicago flag, and this is one of them. Uh, they didn't the Chicago even have fire a board logo is flight. trash. Um, and, what gets me to like I showed it to to my wife who who's like so is it the fire and then it's reflected on the lake and that I was said, my thought and they and I said no the flames it turns out burn downward in this logo description to hell? and on top is supposed to represent a skyline or a crown which is not problematic at all Wait. they have a yellow crown in Chicago where the Latin Kings use a golden crown as their logo yeah. hold on though hold on though wait really Yes, it's not supposed I, to be reflected I, I, flames. No, I actually I read this. It's supposed to be <laughs> building the new city atop the can, flames. Can we just it's, take a second? That's a terrible city design. You don't build a city on flames. I want to. I want to say that I appreciate the fact that Adam was willing to read the um, branding, brand uh, which somehow makes it even worse. Because I I saw that the brand description existed. And I said, I'm not going to read that because I see the the end product has said enough. I do not care what your opinion of where it came from or what inspired you, uh, Chicago Fire uh, Soccer Club is. Um, oh, we're think, not. Well, we're not. Can we going, talk about the worst part of it? it it's the FC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they switched from F from SC to FC as part of this. They switched from authenticity to something fake. Um, <laughs> For in the name of authenticity. Yeah, um, they got it all wrong. Um, they also, someone, I saw a, a designer um, of TIFO uh, point out, uh, point this out on Twitter. Um, the If you look at the badge in um, space uh, or in a design space, um, like if you open up the league website and you look at all the logos strung out across the top, uh, the ones that stand out have a little bit of like a white trim somewhere in there that make them stand out from the black or the slate gray border or whatever it is. Like DC the, United's. 
Right. DC has that. The Dynamo, almost all of them have it because they got a good graphic designer who has has like took like the one the 100 level courses on graphic design uh this fire logo does not have that so it just sort of fades into the space like it's very hard to see um and so it's right next to atlanta which is also like that yes atlanta also got this wrong but at least theirs uh has something that stands out in it that's like a big design element the fire one right next to it, the little tiny uh, problematic gold crown is very, very small by comparison. Um, and it's also the only thing you can make out about this thing. Yes, so that, that's what I mean is that the one thing when you look at that, the one thing you can look out is a weird gold crown that that is almost small enough where you can't even tell that it's a crown. It might just be three triangles sitting next to each other. Um, I yeah. still don't know how they came up with a design that has six points and is not the Chicago flag star. Like nothing about it says Chicago. Nothing says Chicago fire. Nothing says soccer about this. It is, it is a generic off brand shoe logo. Nothing about uh, their name now says soccer either. So Um, like I, like I said on Twitter, it's, it's, if you wanted to come up with the Chicago team in your, um, your off-brand uh, soccer video game that didn't have the rights to MLS use real MLS names. This might be the logo that you would throw together for, but like SN SNES Sega Genesis era, um, because you also didn't have um, the graphic qualities to make a better logo. So you're like, let's just throw something together that look good in a 16-bit format. Yeah, this would render great on a little sprite. Yeah, um, but uh, also it would still be like, wow, that that team's logo is pretty bad, even by this, uh, these fake, you know, the San Jose. And it would be, uh, I don't know, a drawing of a, it would probably be like a drawing of a crack. In the ground, original San Jose black. clash logo with, with a scorpion was pretty close to that off brand <laughs> right, right. result because it was that period of time. Well, I mean, for Chicago, instead of it being like, Oh, Higgins it'd be O'Leary soccer club or something like that. O'Leary it's, actually would be a pretty good name for Chicago. I know, Center, right? Ben. That's actually really good, Ben. That's a good ben, pull. A better job than the Chicago Fire. <laughs> and you hadn't mentioned that before. Did you just think of that? Yeah, off the dome. Yeah, there you go. So take I, that, Chicago. I want to shout out the people on Twitter who said this looked like an unholy um, result of fornication by the RSL logo and the Vancouver Whitecaps logo because that is. <laughs> as correct as any take I've ever seen on graphic design on the internet. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and what the hell are you doing, Chicago Fire podcast? I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Ben Bromley, Jason Anderson. We're all from blackandredunited.com, where we talk about DC United and not the Chicago Fire logo, as it turns out. Tonight, we have a lot of DC United to talk about. We've got a postseason friendly to to talk up. We've got roster decisions to talk about in real life and in make-believe because we have cake or death to end the show. Before we do anything, though, Ben, what are you drinking? I'm going with uh, apple cider and mold apple cider and uh, bourbon again, just because it is now cold. It is late fall slash early winter and it tastes good. The, those are all good reasons. I like yeah. it. those much healthier than our usual reasons for drinking things. Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, so I had uh, all weekend. Uh, I went, I went to Baltimore, hung out with some good friends. 
Um, all of us brought a little something that the others hadn't really had before. So we're trying a bunch of different stuff. Uh, Patron's coffee liqueur, a Pomo uh, that was the fourth bottle off the assembly line at a, a Baltimore distillery that I'd wow. never had before. Um, my friend made a smoked apple brandy cocktail with egg whites and, and limes. That was really good. Um, then on Saturday or on Sunday, I went to the Georgetown game and afterwards I went to Pizzeria Paradiso and they've got a really expansive beer list. Yes, they do. So I had, um, an alt beer that was, uh, very different from most alt beers. And then I had this, uh, this other, it looked like a classic lager, but it had the flavor notes of like a, a milk stout almost. So oh, I did wow. all that all weekend. I had all this, this different, uh, liquor and tonight on the show, I'm drinking yet another Oktoberfest. It is the same one. No, it's the Sierra Nevada it? Oktoberfest. Uh, it's Jason. the Union Brewing one was the best one of the group so far. Jason. Ben? I don't believe you. It's You've just been drinking the same, the same beer. Not the same type of beer, not the same brand of beer, the exact same beer these past. I mean, we were even off last week. You were probably drinking it last week, too. Uh, my health uh, says otherwise. The fact that I'm still healthy <laughs> is strong evidence that uh, hey, I They call it nursing it. a beer for a reason. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to preface mine with a, a, a little... Oh no! Little story. Um, last year, before <laughs> that's the filibuster. That's the filibuster story. <laughs> last year in the Washington Post food section, their spirits columnist M. Carrie Allen. Uh, follow her on Twitter. She's great. Um, she wrote how to th- save your Thanksgiving dinner, and the answer was with an old-fashioned bar, where you bring all the booze, all the bitters, and and some syrups and some fruits to let anyone make their own old fashioned. You write simple instructions on how to do it so that it's impossible to mess up and you just let people go. Uh, and so my wife last year signed me up. We go to a group Thanksgiving every year and she signed me up for that. That was my contribution. I didn't, I wasn't going to cook or, or anything. I was going to bring booze uh, in this manner. And I did, and it was a hit. And so that is now my official contribution going forward to this. So I am warming up for that with an old fashioned, um, just a basic syrup. Last year I had like a maple simple syrup, Ben, which was an idea I took from you. And I had a, like a, I think it was either cloves or allspice simple syrup. I think it was allspice simple syrup that I had made. Um, you could mix them together, do whatever you want. I had rye, bourbon, brandy, and mezcal and it, it went over really well. So I, I just have a bourbon old fashioned, just regular not no fruit or anything. Jason's old fashioned, old fashioned uh, I, for long time listeners. If I knew that Thanksgiving was on the table, I could talk for the next 35 minutes about my Thanksgiving plans. But and with that, let's uh, let's get to soccer. Uh, DC United went down to St. Croix this weekend or not this weekend last week without us. It should be pointed out. They had a rare postseason friendly against the Bermudan national team. Is it Bermudan? Bermudian? What is what is Bermudan? Bermudan. We'll go with that. Um, DC United 4-2 winners in this one. First half goals from Ola Kamara and Gordon Wild. A uh, couple of lapses made it 2-2 at the half. And then Griffin Yao with the second half brace 
to provide the final score. Before we get into this, this if you haven't been paying attention to national teams, you might say, yes, of course, Bermuda is is a tiny island that's not even really a country. Of course, DC United is going to dismantle them. However, immediately following this game, Bermuda went to the Azteca and very nearly, they took the lead on Mexico and, and very nearly had a draw, if not for a, a very late goal for Mexico. So the result may be more surprising in context than um, than it than it first seemed. But Jason, thoughts thoughts on the play in this one? Um, it seemed it felt very preseason rather than postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, a it lot of loud like, guys in there. Yeah, and also just the the tempo of the game. DC controlled it without necessarily really putting a ton into it. Um, in in maybe that's we don't see that too much in a, a DC United preseason of late. Most of the time, it seems like they try and acquire games against opponents that are mostly um, MLS level or um, Swedish champion level. Um, very specifically, whoever this the Swedish champion is at the time, um, usually Malmo. Yes, uh, and, <laughs> and 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 usually they'll throw in a game against the Rowdies, but that's the game that all the guys that are the bottom of the roster slash are on trial get most of the minutes. Like we've seen this pattern play out, um, but in terms of the the vibe around the game was very much a like you know we're down here and it's good to get a run out and that kind of thing. Um, Bermuda was the one having, they were using this as prep for the Mexico game. Um, And uh, yeah, it was interesting that DC didn't seem to have to put a ton into it to still mostly dominate the game. Um, The goals they gave up were really bad goals, which you tend to give up when you're playing casual soccer. Um, But the fact they still scored four and and probably should have had a couple more. kind of speaks to uh, how easy they made it look. Um, And this was with uh, a squad that was, like Adam said, there were a lot of Loudon guys uh, involved in this. Um, But some starters too. A a few, uh, a few, but not that many. Um, It was a weird, it was a weird squad, uh, but I think maybe informative in its way. Yeah. um, I think if I had to pick, three guys to get on the board for this one. It probably would have been those three that, that scored um, Ola Kamara. You want to see confident and, and scoring whoever is happens to be providing him the ball. Not that we got to see his goal. Nope. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> the Facebook yes. video um, feed did not come on. Our, and- our readers might note that uh, our recap just sort of, mentions it real quick that possibly that the only Kamara recap scored. on the internet. I, I shouts Pretty to you, sure. Jason. Um, uh, I'm a dummy, uh, that, uh, well, I wasn't around for when the game was played, but as soon as I got home, uh, I went and found the Virgin Islands, uh, consortium website and watched the two halves or, you know, one half plus one, almost half, uh, because the first maybe seven minutes were, uh, not on it, including Ola Kamara's goal. We don't know what happened. Um, but he scored it. Uh, they did say that repeatedly. He sure so. did. Uh, Gordon Wild with a, a deflected goal after Chris Aduiachem's press kind of forced a turnover, and he put it to the center. Good first touch by by Wild on his goal, and then a deflected goal sent or deflected shot sent the keeper the wrong way. Um, but still, he seems to score wherever he goes now, which is nice. Yeah. And 
we'll we'll talk about him a little more or quite a mm-hmm. bit more possibly later in the show um and then griffin yao you know the more he keeps scoring bangers and and he had one from distance in this one i think um and uh yeah the, the, the last goal of the game and he's done that with with loudon and seeing him finding ways to get on the score sheet is, is very, very good for his development for DC United longer term. Uh, so, so that's all I good. Think, I think it's good that he outplayed uh Boateng in the game. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Boateng more, but yeah, I thought, um, and maybe part of this is that Yao had more to gain from a game like this than uh, established senior professionals. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it is what it is. It's a game that, both of them played in and one of them played better than the other. I mean, DC United took this game more seriously than say the LA galaxy have taken the CONCACAF champions league in the past. Or, or, ben Olsen open cup was games. on. Yeah. Definitely the head coach cup. was present yeah. for this, which is better than some MLS teams I, do for actual competitions. I will say um, this. If you ever go down to North Carolina, um, the stadium in North Carolina where the courage of the NWSL and North Carolina FC both play, there is a big banner behind one of the stands um, that has a photo from the infamous game where the Galaxy had to play North Carolina in the Open Cup and Bruce Arena opted not to travel. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it's a photo of Mike McGee having to defend somebody. And I was like, you know, Mike McGee probably doesn't deserve to be associated with that loss. It's not his fault. Um, were they the Carolina Railhawks at that point? No, this was right after they stopped. Being uh, okay. So they, they were in. I mean, the Railhawks was a dumb name, but it was a delightfully yeah. USL name. Yes. Uh, the Railhawks, uh, RIP. Um, I don't know if the current name is better. Uh, it's, it's less strange, it's but not. it's more boring. Um, it's far more boring. As, for those as people, people who don't remember what that name is, you're correct. <laughs> There were a group of us who used to, who briefly lived in North Carolina who wanted to change it to Bojangles FC. And you convinced a lot of us who have never lived in North Carolina that it should be Bojangles FC. And I think we should just make North, North Carolina FC should just be Bojangles, Bojangles FC? FC or uh, SC really. Bo- Bojangles really SC. SC. Look, yeah. uh, yellows, yellow with red. Uh, those are good, uh, bright, uh, strident soccer colors. They make a statement as soon as you walk on the field. There's not um, a lot of teams in North America that that put those two together. I think um, no, it's, it's it's something we don't see too much, and we for it's a shame that we don't because uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers is the only one I can think of. Yeah, uh, I mean there, there are probably some lower division teams, and once you get into the college ranks, uh, you can find pretty much every color combination. Um, but yeah, uh, let's let's change it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Malik, well, if you're listening. Uh, change the name and colors of, of your USL team. <laughs> While we're on the, the subject of jerseys and, and colors shouts to Bermuda for wearing pink uniforms in this game yes. against DC United. They were pink with white shorts and white socks and they were, they were, they were sh- good. like it was relatively low resolution, but they looked sharp. Yep. And it makes me sad that DC United did not have pink alternates this past year. Uh Great big missed opportunity because I don't know, toxic masculinity and fear of the color pink. It's unfortunate. Um, anything else from, from this friendly that's worth getting into before we, we move on to DC United's actual roster decisions. I, I will say, you know, and this kind of goes to the roster decisions. It's kind of a good segue 
Um, the hey, that's that, my my bit is shouting out good segues. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to say what would have been a good segue uh, to c- conclude the previous segment rather than allowing it to be a segue. Um, guys I'll like Bri- Frederick Briant um, and Lucas Rodriguez, who are at this point still not signed for next year. Um, though, as we'll get into, that won't be the case for very long. Um, it is the case right now. Gordon Wild is another guy on that list. Um, guys that played in this game, um, in spite of the fact that they're, uh, they didn't have a deal technically for 2020. Um, that's a good, a very strong sign that, that for the play, as far as the players concerned, that things are settled because you don't take the field in a postseason friendly, um, when you don't know if you're going to be back, there's a reason Bill Hamid didn't travel on this group despite being around. Um, and it's because at that point in time, his future was still up in the air. Um, the, the negotiations with him and, um, DC United and Michelin were probably not as certain. And so, um, the kind of things that can go, it's, it's all about what could go wrong. Um, you know, if you go play in a friendly like this and you tear your ACL, that could be a major financial loss for you and the, you know, the club that holds your rights abroad or your ability to get uh, that contract next year. So the fact that United took those guys um, or took the players that they did says that uh, those players are going to be around next year, except for Antonio Bustamante. Yeah, I was um, going to say. Who shockingly got cut loose. Uh, I thought he played really well in Loudoun. Um, I was surprised by that news. I'm Yeah. We'll we'll get to him, yeah, um, yeah, in, in more detail because I I have some conjecture that's but yes, not we have lots of conjecture, and and let's get to it. DC United uh, and the rest of Major League Soccer announced contract decisions last week. Um, DC United, of course, did so in a very belated and in show it way, um, really not announcing at all until word had leaked out and drips and drabs and things have been pieced together um but not even just drips and drabs official mls uh well even release. before that like steve goff was saying i know that these guys are under contract i've heard these guys had their options exte- uh, exercise this is who I, I i don't know about like it, when steve goff who's a pretty clearly well-connected inside the organization is having to do this. It's, it's very strange. Um, even for this was beyond DC United's usual um, late announcing on this, which, which they are usually one of the last teams to announce, but they, they were not even on the same day as the rest of the league. It was, it was very odd anyway. Um, under contract already uh, going into next year are Yamil Assad. Hooray. Paul Ariola, Hooray. Ola Kamara. Hooray. Felipe Martins, Moses Nyman, big hooray. Uh, Donovan Pines, big hooray. Griffin Yao and uh, Chris Durkin, who's uh, on loan. Hoorays for all of those last few names. There's one name. You're, 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 Adam, you're, 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 let's, mm, 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 mm. you're setting yourself up for, for, uh, for no a more. Right, I'm not on that. There's one name who didn't get a, a hooray. Big hoorays for, for Nyman Pines, Yao and Durkin. Durkin, of course, on loan in Belgium until June, but he is under contract when that loan ends, if it is not extended or made permanent. Uh, contract options that DC United exercised on Stephen Birnbaum, Emmanuel Boateng, Russell Canals, O'Neill Fisher, Joseph Mora, Junior Moreno, Chris Aduyachum, and Ulysses Segura. Um, 
since this announcement, I think Chris Seitz has officially been re-signed as well. That is where the roster stands. I don't think it's officially officially, is it? No, it's not official. We I think it's, I think, I think it's golf release. official, but it's reported. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's it's no, not we are confirmed. At the press release from the team stage, but you know, that'll probably be the day after we record this, which is yeah. be on Thanksgiving. It'll be between the time we record this and the time it's released. I, um, you know what? I hope the team doesn't make them send out anything on Thanksgiving. Uh, the comm staff deserves to have Thanksgiving like the rest of us. They do. Especially since no I one's online. Trust. Very few people are online on Thanksgiving. I, mean, I, I, I if, just think they'll my, schedule uh, it. They'll, they'll write it tomorrow on Tuesday and then just schedule it for uh, like during the Macy's day parade. And somebody, <laughs> somebody's going to have to check and like take down the tweet. If there's a typo and put it back up, they just shouldn't do it. Or uh, just make just Dave Casper do it. Yes. Dave Casper's who you want running your social media. There are roles in an organization for a reason. Uh, anyway, that is where the roster stands right now. As best as we can tell, um, there was a report, pretty major report from Steve Goff as we were turning on the recording tonight that DC United and Bill Hamid are close to signing. Um, it's going to require a transfer fee paid to Michelin in, in Denmark. And that's why Michelin did this whole thing. Well, I mean, they also got a pretty awesome backup keeper for their Champions League level goalkeeper, starting goalkeeper. So, I mean, it made a lot of sense for them. Uh, it's sounds like the transfer fee is going to be smaller than maybe we thought it would. I thought it would be seven figures. It sounds like it's going to be less than that uh, based on the deck headline in Steve Goff's piece uh, saying it'll be around $750,000, which is still pretty significant, of course. Um, but Bill Hamid coming back is, is obviously big news and positive news for, for 2020. I mean, yeah, that, that- there's a lot of things that DC United needs this offseason, but signing Bill Hamid is among the very top of them. You have to have a great goalkeeper, especially if you're going to play the way DC United plays. And for a bunch of reasons, including the very obvious fact that Bill Hamid was the best goalkeeper in MLS last year, awards be damned. Uh, they needed Bill Hamid back and it's great to see him back. And the price that, they are uh, reported to paying is it's, it's fine. It's, it's worthy of Bill Hamid. It doesn't blow out their budget and they just need to get it done. So I'm good with what they are doing to get Bill Hamid back in the district for hopefully the rest of his career. Yeah. um, I'm, I mean, I'm completely on board. Um, I don't mind. It sounds like Hamid's, contract or his salary is probably going to be in the TAM range. Uh, I don't mind that at all because how many players, I mean, theoretically, yes, every player at every position can be a difference maker uh, week in and week out. Um, but how many players realistically are going or how many positions realistically have a good chance of doing that um, beyond like striker number 10 um, and the, the MLS specific advantages you get from having better center backs than everyone else. Um, because most of the center backs aren't really actually that good. Um, goalkeeper is right up there. Um, there were plenty of years in the, in the lean years for DC spending wise, where Bill Hamid was the closest answer that DC United had to, um, the unplayable Sebastian Giovinco at his best type of guy, where it's like, 
this guy could win the game for the other team. Um, and Bill Hamid was the thing DC United had where it could be like, uh, Bill Hamid could tell the other team you're not scoring today. He could play that well where he just shuts the other team out. It doesn't matter what they do. Um, he's that level of talent. So uh, that level of talent at any position deserves at least a TAM salary. Um, and if if Brad Guzan makes X amount of money and Bill Hamid wants at least one more dollar than that, uh, I say give him maybe more than one dollar more than that uh, because he's a lot better than Brad Guzan. Um, and all the other goalkeepers. So, and on top of that, there's the non-soccer side of this. Um, this is not a business like every other business. This is uh, a club or as close as a club as we can have in the way we do things in this country. Um, you can't tell a fan base that has coming is coming off of a pretty disappointing season. They just lost Wayne Rooney uh, by surprise. Lucho Acosta is gone. Everyone's bummed out for a lot of reasons. You can't then on top of that, tell them, Oh, also Bill Hamid's going to go. Um, the team, the most fan favorite of ever fan favorites. Um, The only guy on the roster that has a chant just for him. Right. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much says it. Um, they had to get this done. Fortunately, it didn't seem like it was that difficult to get done. Um, I'm sure, it was a lot of work. Nonetheless, transfers are always a lot of work, but um, this wasn't a protracted and confusing and difficult one. It sounded like everyone was on board. Bill wants to be here. DC United wanted him around. Michelin didn't want to uh, stand in the way and be a difficult. Uh, they just wanted some process. easy cash. Um, yeah. So everyone, you know, everyone gets what they wanted in the end. It would have been nice if, he hadn't been gone for a little bit of time in in the middle of all that. Um, but DC and I didn't pay him what he was worth at the time. Maybe the, the offer they wanted to make wasn't quite where he well, wanted it to be. I at, thought at he took time. a pay cut to go to Michelin. I thought he, he did. Well, he wanted he to won- go to Europe. The money he would have taken from DC United and the money he would take from Michelin are two different things. That's fair. Um, and, yeah. uh, but you know, if, if, if it takes, a TAM level deal to get it done, then in this case you overpay in part because of the team's culture, the team's heartbeat. Um, You need that. Um, And you're certainly not going to bounce back from a disappointing season uh, by gutting the team further on in that side of things, uh, let alone the fact that it's the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah. We saw what happened when, Bill Hamid was gone for a little while and we went from Bill Hamid to mere mortal uh, in the case of Steve Clark and and, uh, David Osted. But um, you can't do that. (laughs) Like respect to Chris Seitz, respect to Earl Edwards. They're not Bill Hamid. As long as you could have Bill Hamid, you get Bill Hamid. Yeah, exactly. So the real thing is here. Uh, Frederick Briant, not under contract as Jason alluded to. It sounds like that could also be happening. The team is pursuing it at any rate. Um, also to be determined, Gordon Wilde's fate with DC United and, and Loudon United and uh, TT Rodriguez, whose loan uh, from Estudiantes uh, it ends at the end of the year or December 1st, whenever it is this off season. Um, we don't know whether that could be, will be extended or will be made permanent or will just end. Uh, it sounds like the team wants him back. We'll see what happens. Um, we got to just wait and see on that one. 
We'll talk about more about both of them, actually, during Cake or Death. Uh, leaving the team, Antonio Bustamante, Marquinhos Pedroso, Acosta, Rooney, obviously. Quincy Ameriqua and Jalen Robinson also gone. Um, Antonio Bustamante was was a surprise because he was a homegrown signing last year and seemed like he did pretty well in, in Loudon, better than I expected him to, if I'm being honest. Um, and so it's weird that the team would not exercise their option on that because he's essentially off the books as far as MLS salary cap is concerned. And he's helping you build Loudon United and potentially still could grow into a first team contributor. Um, it sounds like he might have offers in Bolivia is, is one thing that we've heard um, or at least interest in Bolivia. And Dave Casper has a long track record of, especially when there's, well, I mean, even Wayne Rooney, he let walk on a free. And so if Antonio Bustamante says, Hey, I think I can make the first team at a club in Bolivia. I think I want to pursue that. And I, he's played for their under 23s recently. Right. He has a chance to advance his career with their national team as well, because mm-hmm. he's a dual dual national. I can absolutely see Dave Casper saying, if that's what you want, we, we will let you walk because that Dave Casper has, a, I think a deserved reputation of generally doing right by the player uh, when it comes to those level of decisions, you know, obviously Lucho's transfer didn't work out because that was, there's a lot more money on the line, but when it comes to this and that here and there, Dave Casper is, is the, he, he basically says, what would the revolution do in this situation? And then he does the opposite. And that's usually better for the player. I mean, yeah, it's better for the player at, uh, at some point. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. I don't know if it's 15 years from now, but DC United is going to have to start cashing in on players like this and start making money off of players. It is crass and it is gross, but it is the economics of soccer in the world. And to continue to fund the soccer operation, eventually they're going to have to participate in in the market fully. I am glad for Antonio Bustamante. I hope he uh, succeeds and does well. And I, I, I hope that for all of DC United's players, but at some point they're going to have to change that mindset. I think that comes into play more with the Chris Durkins of the world than, than the Antonio Bustamantes. I don't know how much money there is to be had from clubs in Bolivia at this point. I honestly don't, not I don't much. know. I don't think it's, it's certainly not as much as European clubs. Yeah. yeah. So the, the opportunity cost of letting him walk is relatively low. Whereas you get to show the players in your academy system who are coming up or who might be interested in signing up for your academy, that they can sign a pro contract and you're not going to just hold them over the barrel. Right. Which means but you, you can also show them that, Oh, the we can pipeline. sell you for an amount of money. Right. But if, if you have something break in your career and you're in a position to make a move that will not make the club a lot of money, Dave Casper has, is showing here that he's willing to do right by you. Yeah, and that's and that's what he has and, shown and, for a long and, time, right? But well, uh, there's also a reputation in the in 
the soccer community around DC and the DMV, that DC United isn't necessarily the right place for a lot of people. And he he's fighting that. And this is, I think, a good step in showing, look, we will sign you, we will develop you. And if you need to move, we'll move you, even if it doesn't make us bank. Well, we'll see I mean, if that's what he actually wanted and if that's what ends up happening. Right. We Obviously, this, this, this is speculation on our part. I, I, the first thing I would say is that that reputation has often been um, pretty unfair. Um, I'll throw the names, uh, names like Andy Nahar yeah. out there. That was a player that was, you know, sold uh, when his time came, when the offers were there, they sold him for um, a couple million bucks. Um, and also when there has been a real deal worth doing, um, you know, Troy Perkins made DC, uh, like three quarters of a million dollars. Elaine Rochat made DC half a million. Um, and that was a, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to get traded here. Like I'll, I'll hang out and be a good soldier, but, uh, can you guys get me back to Switzerland? And Dave said, sure. Uh, (laughs) let me make some calls and, uh, got him back over there. So, um, I think the issue here is we tend to think that every transfer out is just as, as the area works the same way as that. And it oftentimes doesn't, especially when you get to teams that don't have a lot of money. Um, and so if, if Bustamante wants to pursue Bolivian interest, if, if that's what's going on, um, then, uh, those clubs aren't going to be putting up a transfer fee. You're not getting a fee out of them. Um, you know, you're not going to go to the mat for like five grand. Um, that's, these are the kind of like, this is the, these are clubs that don't have extra money laying around. Like they don't make transfer fee signings, um, as a policy. Um, but we don't actually know that that's what's going on. And so, um, I will say that I, I, I thought Bustamante played really well with Loudon, um, his defensive actions were pretty low for a central midfielder, which is a concern, but as far as fitting the way Ryan Martin wanted that group to play, um, being their main, uh, cog in possession, um, creating a, a lot of their chances. I thought he looked like a very good USL player. Um, when you'd watch Loudon play against other, independent USL teams, the teams that were looking to that, that are there strictly to win games and not necessarily to develop. Um, he wouldn't have looked out of place starting for those teams either. So, um, I, I find it a curious decision. Um, if he asked them, if he said, you know, can you guys let me go? Um, that's one thing, but if, uh, if they were on the fence and they just opted to cut him loose, that's a strange one for me. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, I, I hope that's why we're talking about Bolivia because we're trying to make sense of this. Right, right. And, and, you know, it could be that he goes somewhere else. I mean, he could still be in in their under 23 picture and in their national team picture playing somewhere else in South America. Um, but who knows? You know, we'll, hopefully we'll find out something soon. Hopefully it's a good spot for him. You, but- yeah, or you would even think as an MLS tweener between MLS and USL, he could still have a role in their national team. Yeah. But um, it doesn't yeah, seem to be in the cards right now. Yeah. Uh, Marquinhos Pedroso, I think we will 
also talk about him and Caker death, but he he's not a big surprise. Uh, we already knew about Jalen Robinson, Quincy Marqua. It seems to have been in the cards for a while uh, that he would be on his way out. Um, anything else on any of these, these roster decisions before we, I mean, we move on to Caker death? I mean, I, yeah, I'll get to them in Caker death. Okay. All right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster case cake or death which ben has officially signed on to as the official name of the segment i, I was just not, teasing not you to get else. us to nope, get us nope, to that nope it's it's official it's cake or death no it's not and nothing else i'm, edi- I'm, I'm editing this out uh first up this week we've got a few names to get to i think six uh first name up chris aduiachem the deserving should have won mls uh comeback player of the year beat lymphoma um to come back and play this year uh, looked okay at the very least looked pretty good against Bermuda at right back uh, a position DC United is going to have to fill because, Oh yeah. Leo Hara, who I didn't mention also gone. Uh, and, and we don't want Russell Knauss playing right back for a full season. No. So that's a, the position DC United is going to have to fill Chris Adewey a candidate to fill it. Um, like I said, beat cancer. Jason, cake or death for Dewey? Uh, I've got to say uh, uh, goat here. Um, he came back and looked better right after his recovery than he had as a professional. Um, uh, I think his first game back was, uh, I want to say, the Betis friendly. Um, and he played really well in that game. Um Unfortunately, he had a muscular injury, you know, the, the typical thing where you're out for a while and then you ramp back up. It's, it's really hard to dodge that, um, you know, a little bit of a strain somewhere along the way. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, he advanced as a player, which is a remarkable thing to do when you spend so much time not able to exercise and, you know, fighting for your life. So, um, yeah, uh, I think this is an easy one. Ben. Yeah, it's a super easy one. Uh, goat for Chris Dewey Atchum. Uh, especially since like 
DC United has a number of signings they need to make uh, over the off season uh, above and beyond all the things that Jason said, all of what he said is, is uh, true and great, uh, but he's a right back and DC United needs some solid right backs and he's going to be competing for that uh, starting role with O'Neill Fisher. And maybe if they bring somebody else in, he'll be competing with that guy too, but he's a, he's a solid player there. And even above all the other things, he deserves to be there. And come on, he didn't come back from beating Ennui or beating a bad season. He came back from beating cancer. So come on, he should have won comeback player of the year too. Agreed on all counts. Easy, easy cake. Um, I'm I'm very happy DC United exercised the option on him and he will be back in black and red next year. Uh, easy decision. Um Unanimous here. Marquinhos Pedroso, another fullback brought in uh, partway through this year to address the crisis at left back because anyone who uh, played that position for DC United this year got hurt all at the same time. It was it was unfortunate and bad and not unlike a lot of roster situations, not actually foreseeable. Um Actually, that happened at right back too a lot. The, the fullback positions were weird, man, this year. Anyway, Marquinhos Pedroso acquired via trade from FC Dallas. Uh, the team has already decided not to uh, extend or renew his contract. He is gone. But Jason, if you had your druthers, would you bring him back? Cake or death? Uh, it's an easy fox uh, for me. Um, Pedroso seemed like a, a good guy. Um, played well enough in Dallas. Um, it didn't translate here. Um, obviously he got in and then was sort of thrown into the deep end because of the injury situation. Uh, and then had a sequence where he kept giving up back post goals. Uh, his man kept scoring goals when he was directly responsible for him at the back post, which is a big no, no. Um, and went to the doghouse, and eh, that would, Never really bounced back. I mean, got some more appearances, but they were mostly based on like, hey, we need to rotate uh, so that Joseph Mora can not break down and have another injury. Um, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it. I don't know what went wrong exactly, but it didn't work out for him. He was kind of expensive to be a guy that was going to back up Mora. Um, wasn't going to add a lot going forward. Um, and yeah, I think the team made the decision they had to make on this one already. Yeah, agreed. Um, he had a chance to to come in and lock down a position without a lot of competition uh, initially and get himself settled, and he just didn't do it. Um, and at this point in, in MLS, he, he's making too much money to, to carry on the roster, um, and you got you to gotta let him go. And I think knowing his contract was ending was, was part of why Dallas moved him on and uh, why, why DC United was able to get him. So it was, it was a low risk, relatively low risk move to fill uh, a position that absolutely needed it. And, you know, they, they didn't get what they needed from it, but you know, you move on and that's, that's life. So Ben, what do you say? Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately agree with all of you. I'd like to play the, uh, the, the contrast, but uh, the, or the contrarian and, but it's just not there for, Marquinhos Pedrosa, he seems like a lovely guy, but he makes over double what uh, Joseph Mora makes, and that's just not that's not s- sustainable. 
Next name on my list is Steven Birnbaum, uh, center back, new father, uh, pregnancy goal celebration announcing. Uh, has spent his entire professional career with DC United, uh, stepped up, captain the team now uh, in in Rooney's absence, his often absence, um, was willing to give up the official captaincy when, when Rooney arrived, um, but still acted as the on-field captain quite a bit when, um, when Rooney wasn't on the field, uh, helped anchor the defense to five straight shutouts to end the season and second best goals against number in the league. Uh, I, I think you can tell from where I'm going with this. I I'm giving him cake. He, he deserves to come back. I am happy his option was exercised. What say you? I mean, yeah, it's an obvious cake uh, or goat rather. Yeah. I, I wrote I wrote the article about him, and he was a beast in the air. Uh, and I really want him like he's in the he's in the liminal state of his career that I want him to eventually become the. Uh, Bobby Boswell or Frederick Briant to the next generation of uh, center backs, whether that be uh, hopefully Donovan Pines or whomever it might be. But he's reaching that point in his career that I hope it just ends up that he stays with DC United for the next eight years and, and mentors the, and mentors the next generation of center backs, but also continues to be a really great center back in MLS for, uh, the next five, six, seven years as well. Uh, I voted for Steve Birnbaum to be in the MLS best 11. Um, and it wasn't a difficult decision. I thought he was better than Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson. Um, yeah, he, it, this one's easy. Uh, it's goat. It, it's not just goat. It's like a flock of goats. Um, I think this was the best season of his career. Um, on yeah. a team that was offering, as the season went on, very little uh, offensive threat, which meant he had more work to do. Um, so it, in its way, I think DC's goals against figure is actually a bigger deal than LAFC's. And they had the, they were the only team with a better defensive record by one single goal because teams were terrified of LAFC, whereas teams were not terrified of DC United's attack. So right. they were throwing numbers at DC United. Uh Burnbaum was under more pressure than anyone that suited up for LAFC uh, in terms of moment to moment, having more stuff to do, having more difficult things to deal with. Um, I thought he was spectacular this year. Um, and uh, if, if the team were to have second thoughts about keeping him, uh, I would, I would think that they need to reevaluate their entire life at that point. Yeah, fortunately, fire them all. fortunately, I don't think anyone attached to DC United is having any second thoughts about that. So yeah, a, an entire flock of goats. Uh, next up on the list, Gordon wild uh, signed to, to mostly play for uh, signed with the first team, but spent all of his time on loan with Loudoun United a friendly against Bermuda, notwithstanding um, played really well for, for Loudon. I think he ended the year as their leading scorer. Um, second leading scorer, second leading scorer, but he joined halfway through the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So not, not too shabby. Uh, Jason, where did he go to college? Uh, the university of Maryland. 
uh, I, which you may I, have heard me mention from time to time. I, I never, heard, never heard of it. That, that's weird. I just asked you randomly. I had no idea that was the case. Uh, I've never even heard of that school. Um, Jason, let's start with you. Cake or death for Gordon Wild? Uh, I am going to go with Goat. I think he's been doing a, everything you would ask for uh, when you're when you park a player uh, at the USL level. Um, and we're not talking about academy players. We're talking about just guys that were drafted or signed or whatever. Um, you ask them to perform at a really high level. Um, he came in right away and had been with Atlanta United, and they had tried to convert him to wingback, which is a preposterous decision. Um, doesn't he doesn't have wingback traits? Uh, he has uh, goal scoring attacker traits. So you know, they saw another German who came through an American college and Julian Gressel. And they said, Gordon well, wild must be the same guy. Well, look, uh, if you guys, if, if our listeners go dig up, uh, if you search Julian Gressel, black and red United out there is a pre-draft article in which I insist that, uh, Julian Gressel should be deployed as a forward. This was from based on his time at Providence. Um, and who knows it's not, it's not been proven that I was wrong. Uh, he could be, <laughs> an outstanding striker that we just haven't gotten a chance to see, but maybe uh, both confused. They thought Gordon wild was Julian Gressel. You thought Julian Gressel was Gordon wild. Oh no. I, I knew Jordan Julian Gressel because, uh, (laughs) the Providence game that I saw him in person was one where Maryland was up four, one and fell five, four. What did you do? Um, I'm not going to go into the details because it's terrifying to even think about, um, (laughs) yeah. Wild, uh, playing mostly as a 10, but occasionally out to the right. There's a lot of, uh, much like DC United, uh, Loudon offers a lot of fluidity to the guys in that line of the the formation, and he just kept finding really good goal scoring uh, positions and putting them away. I mean, there's not much, he's not necessarily the most creative player, but if you're looking for a goal scoring midfielder, you know he's put he has kept himself in the frame by scoring a bunch of goals, and then when he gets his chance in the Bermuda friendly with some of the first team guys. He scored a goal. He fit in with Ola Kamara. I mean, there's not much more you can do at that point. So um, also he's a green card despite his um, being uh, from Germany. So you don't have to worry about the international spot on that. It's just a matter of talent. So yeah, uh, keep him. What do you say about the 24 year old Ben? Yeah, I think he, uh, again, I I want to disagree with Jason, uh, but I feel like you got to keep him. You got to give him a chance in the uh, preseason. And it it just depends on who you're able to find in that central attacking midfield role. Uh, It could be Yamil Asad. It could be a new signing. It could be TT Rodriguez. It could be a lot of people, but you've got to, uh, you've got to give him the chance, at least in the preseason, because if a bunch of things fall through, he could prove himself. And uh, even if he doesn't, he, could be a very good backup option to deploy if people get hurt or as a change of pace. So, and he's on a good contract. So he's, I think he's a very solid squad player. Yeah. And at at his age for his cap hit, it, it, yeah, we're going to, it's just a night of unanimity here at filibuster because I'm giving him cake. Um, Same as you. Uh, You, So you mean goat. I don't. You do. There's that's the friction that the podcast needs. <laughs> that that is where we disagree. The terminology, and only there. Uh, next up, Lucas Rodriguez um, on loan from Estudiantes, Argentine. Uh, 
was not for the he, he took some time to adjust jason you wrote the the review piece on him rather than just aping what you wrote i'm going to let you describe tt yeah it, it, it's a situation where he came in with more of a reputation in argentina um as a prospect than lucho acosta had at the same age um the story, the rumor goes that Dave Casper went to scout Lucho uh, with Estudiantes when he was on loan there and came away even more impressed with Lucas Rodriguez based on the fact that Rodriguez was 18, I think, at the time. Um, we're talking about a guy that's got three years playing in Argentina and now a year in MLS under his belt. Um but he didn't necessarily hit the ground running. It it, you know, he was in the lineup, but um, wasn't necessarily making an impact on every single game. He was contributing, but not in a huge way. Um, he, he had a little bit of a um, breakout game against Colorado, but then he kind of faded back again. Um, but I, I think ultimately with with Rodriguez, um, I think his skill level uh, is extraordinarily high, and he also plays a style of play that really lends itself to MLS, his ability to win, um, win the ball in pressure situations, um, I think is really important to this team, um, becoming the kind of team that I hope that they become though, you know, after this season, they had plenty of chances to do it and they never did. So, um, that might be a different issue, but, um, on a team that has Rodriguez, Paul Ariola, Yamil Assad, um, if you want to go high press, uh, those are your guys. Those those guys can cause a lot of problems. Um, uh, the combination of those things, I think, is pretty pretty important. And the fact that he finished the year uh, really well, um, I think he scored um, in the last. I, I don't know how many how big the game set it is, but of DC's last twelve goals, he scored three of them. Um, he was scoring goals in games that were up for grabs. He scored in the playoff game, obviously. Um, the the brief that brief moment of actual uh, happiness followed by uh, uh, the terror we're not going to talk about it anymore that Jason. came afterward. Um, yeah, I, I think he for a player his age uh, coming in and maybe not you know setting the world on fire, but also not having that like wow, it's going to take this guy a full year to figure MLS out. Um, if if this was his figure MLS out season, then 2020 should be really good is where I'm landing on it. Yeah. We saw Lucho grow a lot in his second year. We've seen Mauro Diaz grow a lot. Like a lot of players who come in relatively young, they, they spend a year getting their feet under them, um, whether they perform well or not. And then they grow from there. And I think it's fair to expect that from, from TT. Um, I, I say goat, even if, even if you don't think he's ahead of Assad or Areola, um, you see really good teams with really good players, especially in attacking spots on their bench. Tito Vialba is on the bench for Atlanta most of the mm-hmm. time. That is a hell of a thing to bring off the bench. TT Rodriguez off the bench, Emil Assad off the bench, Paul Ariola on off the bench, any of them off the bench. Even if you have just a rotation going and no set two, you just play them situationally. That's not a bad situation to be in. That's a lot better than saying we need these two guys healthy and available at all times. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, for for starting, for depth, whatever reason you want to bring him back, you got to bring him back. 
My, my, my hesitance is about if he's not starting with the transfer fee, like whatever the transfer fee ends up being, it's going to add to his cap hit and he's going to command. He's just, uh, he's a hair under 300,000 this year in guaranteed compensation. So he's going to be a, well, he's a young DP. So that the hit is based on that. Right. But, which means they, he costs less against the cap if he if he's a DP or a TAM player. Well, maybe not a TAM player. If he's no, a not a TAM player, a DP. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that, that there's a lot of other things happening if you want to improve this team, and he may not be able to fit into a young DP slot anymore. If depending on what they want to do with this team, so I am. I like him and I want him back, but I feel like there's a lot of moving parts with that. And I mean, it seems like they're going to resign him. So it seems like it's, it's in the cards already, but I feel like there's a little more opportunity cost that's lost signing him rather than looking at what's out there. And I hope he makes that next step, make, makes that leap and, uh, I sound just like a idiot and he's great next year. Cause that's what I want, but it's, I, I don't think it's quite as a slam dunk. I wouldn't want him. Like if he's not starting over anybody uh, come mid season, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a bad signing. Well, here, here a, a few other things to, to worry about, I guess on that front, DC United has lost two DPs now. So they have they have two DP slots open. Paul Ariola is, I think, currently a DP, but uh, is in the Who TAM else did range. They lose? Lucho uh, wasn't a, was not a DP. I thought he had converted to DP. No, he was a TAM. Okay, he was a TAM. Okay, but still, with Rooney, there's an open DP slot. Was Rodriguez a young DP last year? Uh, I believe he did count as one. Yes. Okay, so he's not taking up a new slot with that. So there's. To, there's you know Rooney's DP slot. We, Ari, Ariel is in the TAM range, also we, going into his walk year, which means he's a candidate to be sold midseason. And we do know that Ola Kamara's deal, according to Dave Casper, is going to be a TAM deal throughout the life of it, despite the transfer fee. So that doesn't have to we don't have to factor that in. That's not going to shift suddenly or something like that. Um, right. So you you you're looking for a DP in that 10 spot. And then right. you have TT and Assad and Ariola. It turns out, who can all back that up and also play on the wings? I, I, I think there's less of an opportunity cost to keeping him, and and more to one if you lose anyone to a sale or to injury, if you let him walk, because you you know what his baseline is. I think at this point, so I would argue to keep him, but I I, I want to keep him. I want him to 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 be amazing. I I. I just think if he's a backup that's like at a TAM or young DP level, that that's, that's not, that's not a good situation. But you, you have three wingers for two spots, all of whom are in that range. I think a right. good, a good MLS attack is going to have, you know, like, like Adam mentioned Vialba, you're going to have a player of that. If you have a player of that caliber who can't break into the lineup, that means you're scoring a ton of goals. So it might be, Maybe not the most efficient cap management, but it will be a signal that the team is really good. Um, I hope so. so. So if we have the problem Ben is proposing, 
it at least means that 2020 is going well for DC United writ large. Um, or very badly. <laughs> or Yeah, or the, the alternative is that everything has gone terribly wrong and right. maybe, you know, the end of the world is coming. Well, that's always a possibility. Uh, last name on the list for, for this week is Emmanuel Boateng, acquired via trade at the deadline from the LA Galaxy. Um, unable to make as much of an impression as I think some of us thought he would make. Given... Unable to make an impression in our last conversation either. <laughs> yeah. Um, there really wasn't able to all. get on the field a whole lot. And when he did, didn't get on the, the score sheet. Um we saw some of his early flashes with the galaxy over a few years ago where he was able to, to get into space and just destroy guys um, with his speed and, and going directly to goal. And whether it was, whether that's not a part of his game as much anymore, whether he's uh, w- was unable to get free in those spots, whatever the, the cause uh, the galaxy obviously let him co- leave comes to DC United. Didn't make a huge impression. Um, even against Bermuda was, was outplayed by a young homegrown guy in, in Griffin. Yao. Ben cake or death for Emmanuel Boateng. Uh, I give him Fox. I like, especially for if the team is keeping uh, TT Rodriguez, the team is keeping Griffin. Yao. Uh, he's like fifth, fourth or fifth at best at, uh, at winger. And on 185 this year, probably bumped up to it probably be bumped up to 200 next year. It's like for a fourth or fifth winger. I'm, I don't think so, but, I, but it seems like I'm wrong because it looks like they're trying to keep him. So, well, I don't know if that's the case. Uh, they did exercise the option on him, but Steve Goff yeah, reports that they are, they are shopping him. They are trying to trade him. You can't do that. If the guy's not under right, contract. Exactly. And so he, I assume, would have gone through the reentry process if they hadn't um, and, and, exercised and if the option. No, if there's no value or if there's no interested parties, then you would just let him go at that point. Um, yeah. So it it maybe indicates that there's a market uh, for him at this point, or maybe that they haven't made their decision on which. Because the report was that, or I think it was Pablo uh, Maurer reported that both Segura and Boateng could be. Mm-hmm players being shopped around. Oh, yeah, Segura too. So yeah, um, like one of them is like yeah, fifth. Right. Um yeah, for me or six with Griffin, yeah. It, right, exactly. it didn't work. Um the the trade did it made sense as a theoretical thing. Um DC United had a slow attack. Boateng is very fast. Um he stays wide in a way that no one else on the team really does. Um, so yeah, as, as a change up, uh, you guys know, I'm big on having, um, non-redundant options off the bench. You, you want to be able to change your game when, when you need to. Um, so all of that made sense, but the actual product did not pan out. Um, he didn't really put his speed to good use. Uh, like I, I taxed my brain and couldn't think of a single instance where I was like, wow, Boateng really torched that guy um, playing for DC United. It just, it didn't happen. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was that um, he was just in poor form uh, or maybe low confidence because the Galaxy under Barascoloto basically were like, we're not interested in you playing soccer for us. Um, Or if he got here 
and found the system was a bad fit or if DC United misused him and were asking him to do things that he's not comfortable with. I don't know. Uh, but whatever it was, it did not work. And it, you know, that was supposed to be like a kind of a, a noteworthy midseason trade. Um, you don't send a quarter of a million in TAM uh, for, yeah. you know, a guy that maybe makes the 18. I mean, he made the 18 every time, but it was like, if you had to take one person out of the 18, it probably would have been him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it didn't work. And I, I would say Fox, um, there's, we, we don't have any, there, there hasn't been a glimmer of hope for me to say, no, the, the, this, this season didn't reflect how it's going to go next year. Um, there wasn't a moment in his time here that, that went well for him or for DC and it's probably best to part ways. Yeah, that's where I am as well. I'm trying to figure out how old he is right now. Um, looking uh, he's it up 28. As I type. 28? He's yeah. 28. So he's not young. He's very much in his prime. What you see is what you get at this point. Um, feels like I, I really hope there's a market for trading him because otherwise extending him doesn't make a ton of sense unless you're, you're afraid of the sunk cost of what you sent to I, the galaxy. I, will say, I think Pablo also tweeted out that um, I want to say Vancouver and the Red Bulls were the, were possibly in pursuit of him when United made the trade. Okay. And Dave, Dave Casper said that he, he told us in an interview mid season that um, there were, he was under the impression that there were suitors at, there is a certain amount of salesmanship in all trades. You're like, yeah, of course, you know, they're like nine teams are interested in the same guy you're talking about. Of course there are. Um, There's another couple that already put in an offer on this house. Right. Um, but he, but he definitely see, was left with the impression that DC United was not the only team trying to acquire him in August. Um, and those teams didn't like blink out of existence. So you assume that they might still be interested at, at maybe buying low, uh, right now so who knows uh right. but he makes he makes some sense as a a red bulls winger it, it feels to me though like he's gonna end up getting traded to orlando city vancouver being the western conference orlando city at this point mm. um that's rough for them sorry yeah. Whitecaps. <laughs> um, so they're but, not oh adam in terms of in terms of organizational competence, like yeah, maybe they're like but they're more likable than Orlando City. <laughs> they're Canadian. Lot. Maybe they're if you combine uh, like I'm gonna slander a bunch of people right now, but maybe if you combined <laughs> the fans of the uh earthquakes with the competence of the white caps, you'd then end up with Orlando City. Yeah. That that yes, that that makes some sense. Um but yeah, from an organizational perspective, the the type of team he will end up on feels like Whitecaps or, or Orlando are the leading contenders just based on my, I don't know, my headcanon on, on those teams. Uh, I think that's it for, for this week's show, unless you guys have anything else you want to add or discuss. Hearing nothing, I, I will say thank you all for listening. Find us at blackandredunited.com. You can support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster or click through to Pinecast. There's a tip jar there, uh, our podcast host, and you can you can drop us a little bit of money there. Find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com questions uh comments uh stories 
illustrations, whatever you want to send us, uh, not whatever you want to send us. I will say there are limits and yes, please, please be respectful. I, I opened up a whole can of worms. I did not mean to yeah, do. I just talked. You just made it more likely that we're going to get something terrible as a result of what you just said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, subscribe, download, rate, review, please. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, mostly though, please tell a friend about the show. Also, keep that respectful. Don't like grab someone by the shirt collar and yell obscenities at them because then they won't listen to the podcast. And the goal is to get them to listen to the podcast. Just think strategically, guys. Okay, guys and gals out there, people, think strategically. Y'all for Jason and Ben. Yes, y'all. Uh, for Jason and Ben, I'm Adam, and we will talk to you again real soon if you let us, please. Say goodbye, Jason. That's it. That's enough. I'm shutting the computer down before I become too powerful. <laughs> <laughs>